Walker Bueller, Tyler Malley, Kyle Seeger, and even a little Patrick Corbin today on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Happy Friday, happy Kokomo Friday, Chris and Scott. What's up? Domingo Santana. You can't sing over, well, I guess you can, but like oh, the music's playing? playing, right? Yeah. Uh, we can't playing. actually hear it, Adam. We just, <laughs> we just trust that you're playing it. It's playing. Yeah, the saxophone solo is going on. Right? Yeah, they, oh god, that was. Oh, saxophone that plays. No, different sax. No, not that one. That's a good song though. We're gonna get you ready for fantasy week eight? Question mark. Is it week eight coming up? Yes, it is definitely week eight. It might also be week seven. <laughs> yeah, for for me in my leagues, it's week seven. For some of you, it might be week eight. It doesn't matter. We'll get you ready for it. Uh, we got a good show. We're gonna talk dynasty today. Uh, for, for sure. Here, I want to start with, even though it's a happy Friday, even though, no, no, Dynasty Baseball. <laughs> even though it's a happy Friday, Kokomo Friday, I want to tell you two things that make me sick to my stomach. Okay? Sick to my stomach. Number one, Carlos Santana is currently the number two first baseman in points leagues. <laughs> Sickening. I hate it. I mean, he's good. Okay. First base hasn't been good. He's but... batting 191. He's the number two first baseman of points. He's number 12. Why he's good. 12 in Roto. 12 in Roto. Still 12 in Roto. Batting yeah. 191. Four homers in his last seven games. And heating up a little bit earlier than I thought. I went back. I looked again today. Like, he's a slow starter. And this, I'm telling you, it's usually not until June or July that he gets going. But it's good to see Carlos Santana. Snapping out of his funk, four homers in his last seven games. Anything to say, or it is what it is? He's he's good. Yeah. Like, first base has not been good this year, and that is interesting. I'm not sure we have a really good explanation for it. Um, offense was down overall league-wide early in the season, but I believe the league average points per game has actually uh, matched, if not surpassed, last year. Hmm. So... Uh, I will point out that, like, the, the, like, the best first basemen haven't been as good as they're supposed to be yet. Like, but it's still, like, if you go far down in first base producers, you know, the, the, the list of first, what, what first basemen have done this year, like, you get fur, far further down at the position and it still looks stronger than other positions. Mm. Okay. And another thing that makes me sick to my stomach, you know, people tell me, uh, if you listen to the Fantasy Football Podcast, they tell me that I'm a jinx. I say bonanza about a game, and it ends up being like 10 to 6, and nobody does well. And I say, listen, I'm not a sorcerer. I don't have these powers. But this Adam Eaton situation is starting to make me reconsider that. And then more importantly, yesterday on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, for whatever reason, I just kept mentioning Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I kept saying Brooklyn. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, ah, I was probably watching Brooklyn Nine Nine because I've been watching it a lot lately, and it got very good. It's it, very good, and it's canceled, and it's over. And, and I think it's and me. It's I think over. I did it. I think I'm sick to my stomach. I jinxed. 
I mush <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'm sorry, everybody. I, 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 I mean, have, have you caught up? No, no, no. I never I started. Watched making, there is a there is a Backstreet Boys oh. joke in an, in a recent episode that is one of the funniest things they've ever done, and I think you will particularly enjoy it. All right, we'll get there. So I'm sorry to all the Brooklyn Nine Nine fans. Let me ask you if this guy is a sneaky pickup for Week Eight. He just got destroyed last night. He has a 5.35 ERA and 19 walks and 38 and two thirds. But his name is Herman Marquez, and he's been a 196 ERA guy in four road starts, and he's at San Diego in a one start week. Next week is Herman Marquez at 19% owned, a sneaky pickup for Week Eight. I so like this is not the first time that Armand Marquez has been mentioned. I, I don't think I don't think I've ever expressed an opinion about him, but I don't quite get what the appeal is supposed to be with him. Well, is he a sneaky pickup for Week Eight at San Diego? He has been really good on the road, like Adam's saying. Um, and in theory, this stuff is good. Um, you know, throws hard, good breaking ball. I I mean I like he had a 4.19 ERA on the road last year. So for it's... for a guy you feel like you're never going to use on the road for one start. Like what must your pitching staff look like if you're going to have to get a one start Herman Marquez in there? There uh... are two star pitchers I like more than him. Yeah, okay, for but sure. What, this what is if a really have... good week for two star pitchers actually. What if you have Dylan Bundy against Boston? What if you have Jay Happ? I don't know his matchup off the top of my head. Like, do you not have any pitchers on your bench? All right, you know like, what? Let's not, not get too. Let's to not get too. Bundy? I, I think we're kind of getting away from the exercise. Do you think Armand Marquez could help somebody next week, or are you just not interested? Yes, but there are pitchers that I like more. Okay, well then let's talk about those pitchers you like. Well, give me your favorite two-start pitcher for next week that is owned in less than sixty-five percent of leagues, or sixty-five percent of leagues or less, I guess. Um. Scott, you may disagree. You've already started to do the research on it, but the one that point that jumps out to me is the the second highest owned under sixty five percent, and that's Nick Pavetta. I know I'm the Nick Pavetta fanboy of the group, but Nick Pavetta's good. Like I, I'm pretty confident in just saying that Nick Pavetta's a good pitcher now. Well, he's we changed about up his yesterday. repertoire. He's yeah. refined his breaking balls. He's throwing them with more confidence. He has a changeup that he can throw occasionally. And he th- still throws 96, 97 miles an hour. Uh, he's at Baltimore at St. Louis next week. St. Louis, not a great matchup, but Baltimore's a pretty good one. I think, uh, I think Nick Pavetta is the top two star pitcher. There are two who are even less owned than Pavetta who have an even better singular matchup this week. Tyler and, uh, I mean, Pavetta's among the like, two star sleepers, so I'm not disagreeing with you there, but Mike Miner at Seattle and at the White Sox. He's still less than 50% owned. And Tyler Malley at San Francisco to begin the week and then versus the Cubs. Um, I, I think especially the fact uh, – what I like about Malley is all of these guys, I believe, are Tuesday-Sunday. And, and so you always have to worry when it's that situation, a rain out, is it going to cost the guy his second start? Um, but – in Malley's case, he's at San Francisco that first start, and one of his biggest problems is allowing home runs. His biggest problem is getting through a lineup a third time, but uh, when he runs into trouble there, it's because he's giving up home runs left and right. So I feel like if it ends up being just a one start for Malley, the fact it was at San Francisco, you can still live with that. I like the other Tyler as well. Great matchups. 
for Tyler Anderson. Oh, at yeah, San Diego, point. at San Francisco. Yeah, that's a nice one. 42% on. This is a better week for two-star pitchers than what we've seen recently. And um, we'll get into it. Also, I didn't. this is cheating, but Jake Faria is 71% owned at Kansas City and at the Angels. Could be good for Jake Faria. More two-star pitchers later on in the show. Here is email of the day number one from Jack from London. Jack, thank you for pointing something out that I did not notice. So Jack says, is now the time to sell high on Patrick Corbin? The velocity has been down over the last two starts. If yes, who should the targets be? Is now the time to sell high on Patrick Corbin? Let me see what he means by the velocity has been down. It's lower than it's ever been. The last two starts for him are the two lowest average fastball velocity starts that uh, Brooks Baseball has ever tracked for Patrick Corbin. So what does that mean? Could be mechanical. His velocity's down. <laughs> Lower than it has ever been. Could be mechanical. He has never thrown his fastball less. Why, why did it suddenly go away? Uh, but, but also the swinging strike. I don't stri- know. He has been a very different pitcher over the last three starts. The results have been good, but the swinging strikes have been way down, and the ground balls have been way down. Um which is not a terrible thing because he's a big-time ground ball pitcher and uh, is usually a Babbitt victim. Not this year, though. Uh, but he, but but anyway, yeah, what do you think? Are you concerned? Yeah. Should, you, should we sell two high his, on Corbin? Two of his last three starts were also his lowest slider usage of the year, which would probably explain why the swinging strikes were down. I mean, if we're going, if we're going to parse every pitcher's start-by-start start record this way, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a hard time finding anyone we believe in. Like, oh. All right, well, I don't know. I just thought it was I think interesting. I thought it was... The, the velocity is is a concern. I don't know. Like, It's so hard to say with these things because sometimes guys lose velocity and it's fine. Sometimes guys lose velocity and it's an indication that there's an injury. Sometimes guys just lose velocity for a couple of starts and then get it back. And it's just it's really hard to say which version of that this is. And uh, I wish I could give you better advice, but what we've seen from Patrick Corbin this season is so intriguing that it's pretty hard to say just sell high. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to get another like true trustworthy ace, I think, to justify it. But that was true even before this three-start stretch. Okay. Like, you know, you, you could have sold high on him if it, if it was a legitimate high like you're upgrading a pitcher you could have done that even before this okay then let's go to email of the day number two fantasy baseball at cbsi.com is the email address and that's the letter i fantasy baseball at cbsi.com buy or sell from ryan walker bueller stays in the rotation all year and is a top 30 starting pitcher rest of season walker bueller bueller uh, i have a really hard time with him i I so stuff so is incredible. The the striker the rate is very really impressive. Good. Yeah, he doesn't get any swinging strikes. He got twelve last night. He hasn't night, yet. But, I mean, is but he is his first. I'm pretty at, sure I saw uh, Al Melchior tweet this last week that he didn't really get a lot of swinging strikes in the minors either. Um, but he obviously still got a ton of strikeouts, so it might not matter. Yeah, and this isn't like a Rick Porcello where he has to get a bunch of called strikes because he's just getting by on guile uh walker bueller's got stuff and so that's why it's just kind of hard to to pin down exactly who he is but he well to get to get back to the question like top 30 pitcher that that's going to be tough for him to break into 
Um, so I would, I would sell that part. Him staying in the rotation all year, uh, for the most part, I'd buy that. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he got a 10 day DL stint in there somewhere to make it so he can pitch deeper into the season, into the postseason. Yeah, exactly. At least one. So if you're, if we're going to be technical, did you just say postseason? LOL. Oh, come on. I, 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 uh, you know, I, I don't think that this version of the Dodgers is good, but I think getting Justin Turner back will really help. But no Turner, no Seager, no Kershaw, that's not a playoff team. I, like, I, uh, I don't, well, I don't think I mean, they got to the World Series without Corey Seager last year. Not so real. I, think, I, mean, they, I think they can navigate that. They played, like, he played the whole year. For, right. He played but much of the not year. Not the toughest part of the year. Okay. They played two series without Corey Seager in the postseason, right? Didn't he come back for the World Series? He did come back for the World Series, yes. Ah, okay, no, Justin Turner, Justin Turner him, huh? should be back next week. So yeah, I, the, the Dodgers will improve. Um, Walker Bueller or Dylan Bundy? I will, I will still take Dylan Bundy. I have a suspicion he is dealing, like, we know he's dealing with a groin injury. He's been getting treatment for it, and I have a feeling it's affecting his, the finish on his pitches. Uh, the breaking ball isn't breaking like it was early on, and that's why he's getting pounded. But that's something that'll get fixed, and he'll be fine. He'll be good. Walker Bueller or John Gray? I would go with John Gray. All right, let's go down farther. Walker Bueller or Jamerson Tyone? Uh, that's 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 probably the right range. I would still lean Tyone as of today, okay. but that could change quickly. We just got the, an email in our inbox, Paul from New Jersey. I think it's kind of funny, so I'm going to read it. Email the day number three. Real quick story, totally baseball unrelated. While I was in the car yesterday dropping my kids off to school, I was contemplating picking up Vince Velasquez. Well, b- before I continue, you guys know who Vince Clortho is? That's uh, Rick, Rick Moranis' character in Ghostbusters. Okay, so he says, talking to myself out loud, I repeated, hmm, should I pick up Vince or not? My curious six-year-old and nine-year-old both said, who is Vince? Without thinking, I immediately blurted out, oh, that would be Vince Clortho, key master of Gozer. <laughs> you could have cut I the confusion lo- lo- in, my, in my car with a knife. <laughs> Rick Moranis' character was Louis Tully. Okay, I guess but, when he's possessed. Yeah, he's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what All it right. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No idea what you're talking about. Go rent Ghostbusters, you little millennial. So anyway, I've seen it, but yeah, it's it's the best. Great movie. Ghostbusters Two is better. Um, all right. So uh, Thursday standouts. Let's get into it. Tyler Malley. We should talk about. It's good transition from from Walker Bueller. It's what what are you laughing at over there? So random. What that story? Yeah, yeah. I thought I liked it. I liked it. It's good. Uh, hey, before we get into that though, I do want to give a quick shout out to someone to Frank. Frank, thank you so much for taking me to the Yankees game yesterday. Really much appreciated that. As a listener who heard me talk about wanting to go to the game, said he had an extra ticket, and uh, we had a great time. Now, why am I telling you this? Because usually when I go to a game, I use SeatGeek. And I want you to know that I'm not lying about it because I'm not going to say, oh, I went with SeatGeek last night. I would have. I looked for tickets on SeatGeek, but then I got this very generous offer from Frank, and I went with him. But – Frank's not going to take me to every game. So I'm going to use the SeatGeek app, and I'm being honest about it. I love the SeatGeek app. I do have it on my phone. I do use it all the time. I do use it for sports, for concerts, for comedy, uh, and you should use it too. You can also use it to go to the theater, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. This company is getting bigger and better all over the place. You're seeing stuff about SeatGeek. People are using it, uh, and 
there's a reason, because you're getting great offers. First of all, SeatGeek's going to save you time and money, even if you're not using promo codes, just by searching multiple sites and bringing in the best values. But here are the two codes we have for you on SeatGeek. If you want to save 20 bucks off your first purchase, you use FANTASY. 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase, the promo code's FANTASY. If you've already used that and you want to save 10 bucks off MLB tickets, use the code TODAY. So either 10 bucks off MLB tickets with the code TODAY or 20 bucks off any purchase, your first purchase rather, with the code FANTASY. Download the SeatGeek app. Make it your go-to app for sports, concerts, comedy, and theater. Codes are FANTASY and TODAY. All right, uh, Thursday standouts. So Tyler Malley opposed Walker Bueller. And only struck out two, but I think he actually had the same amount of swinging strikes as Bueller, who struck out eight. Uh, Mally, yeah, I dropped him in a ton of leagues, and now I'm I'm sort of regretting it. But he's only 43% owned, so people aren't quite buying into four straight quality starts for Tyler Mally, and he's got two starts. No, this, was this one quality? No, nope, he went five. Nope. Three straight quality starts. Yeah, I think it was a good start. You knew I was going to mess up eventually, right? I went almost uh, like 17 minutes without a screw up. That's like a well, new record. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I mean, they're right to be skeptical. Like, I, I referred to it earlier. Tyler Malley, uh, the knock on him all along is that he's basically just a pitcher with a really good fastball and not much to go with it. And you see that come into play the third time through the lineup. He gets crushed the third time through. Uh, it's, it's like laughable, the numbers, especially compared to the first two times through. So, Getting quality starts is going to remain a challenge for him, but sounds like a good guy to start in two star week. Yeah, exactly. Two star weeks, uh, particularly one where he begins at San Francisco. I like him for that. I'll give you guys the floor for the standouts, but Kyle Seager did homer twice yesterday, and really in baseball, like a two homer game, just it just doesn't matter. So Seager is now the number sixteen third baseman in points, number twenty one in roto. He has hit five of six home runs on the road. Uh, last year, he was splits were pretty even home road. Yeah. Anything to say about Kyle Seager? He's he's good. You're gonna be fine. Like, You're gonna be fine with him. But he's is he that good? Fine. You know, he's like, like he's entirely he's whatever, right? unsexy. Yeah. There are a lot of exciting third basemen in baseball, and he is not one of them. But like at the end of the season, he's gonna have his 26 homers and his 93 RBI and his 273 batting average and. There will be times when you're like, oh, I could do better than Kyle Seager, but it's probably not worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Chris Towers, stand hey. out, standouts for you yesterday. Well, you know I love my Philadelphia Phillies. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. Vince Velasquez had a very interesting start. He was really bad for about an inning and a third. And then he was the best pitcher in the history of baseball for like four and a third innings. I think like 12 of his final 13 outs or 12 of his final 14 outs came by strikeout. Uh, he's, he's not great, but he's pretty good. Uh, I'm very, very intrigued by what we've seen from Vince Velasquez this season. He's looking like, uh, I mean, the ERA is bad. He had one really bad start, but. He's looking like the guy who was really interesting in 2016. But you know it, who he reminds me of? It, well, it wasn't, but it wasn't just one bad start, was it? And Scott, go ahead. No, it it wasn't just. I mean, there was one bad start, but it's, he's had other. He's had two ones. really bad starts. He's yeah. had one where he allowed six runs in four innings. He had another where he allowed four earned runs in two and two thirds. There was a lot of bad defense in that one, but the peripherals are all very strong. Okay. He reminds me of 
Tyler Malley. And that he still doesn't have that quality second pitch to pair, pair with a really good fastball. And so that's always going to limit his ceiling. It limits his swinging strikes. Uh, I, I think the end strikeout rate is going to be a little underwhelming. But, you know, he's, he's not bad to round out a fantasy rotation. I just don't, I just don't see the enormous ceiling that some people, I mean, and when he has starts like this, especially, some people pr- project for him. In 2016, he struck out 10.4 per nine. In 2018, he's striking out 10.98 per nine. That, tw- like, he's that, getting was, a, so much of was in that one season, uh, the one good season was the 16 strikeout effort. It wasn't the Padres so much. Early on. It, was, it had a lot to do with how good his line was that year. He, he was had pretty like, ordinary apart from that. He had like 160 strikeouts over the course of the season. So, I mean, 152 and 131 innings. Even if you take that out, that's 136 and 123 innings. That's still very good. This is Vince Velasquez we're talking about. Velasquez and Pavetta are just... You see potential there, but something's holding them back from being consistent. They're like kind of like Mike Fultonevich, only owned in much fewer leagues. Uh, so they are interesting. Obviously, you guys like Pavetta more than Velasquez, right? I but, do, yeah. but I think they're they're kind of in the same range for me. Like I don't think there are going to be fixtures in the, my lineup in any team, but they're they're nice to have around. Uh, they'll they'll turn out starts like this occasionally. Scott, who stood out to you yesterday? We got. Uh, we'll talk about the bullpen. Had some interesting save situations yesterday with uh, with both Keenan Middleton and Corey Knebel pitching in middle relief, but it's probably not that interesting. We'll explain it a bit. Scott, who stood out to you yesterday? So I'm going to go with the Philly. Also, I'm actually going to go with a couple players who are doing some impressive things with regard to batting average. So Odubel Herrera. Um, entered yesterday's game batting 341. And you're like, well, obviously he has an inflated BABIP if he's doing that. The BABIP was only 379 for a guy with a career 362 BABIP. He was hitting 341, uh, in a way that looked fairly sustainable. And now, you know, he had a four hit game, I believe it was. And so now his batting average is up to 353. The BABIP is now 396, which is a little on the high side. But the bottom line is this is a high BABIP guy who's with... He's one of the highest BABIP hitters of all time. And he's 1,900 player pinches into his career. And he's... So he's a high BABIP guy. And, and the BABIP doesn't look inflated when you consider what his batting average looks like right now. So, like, Odubel Herrera, I think, is... um He may be taking a stud turn here because there's some power. certainly extra base power. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed by him. He's definitely moving up my rankings. The other one I wanted to mention was Andrelton Simmons, ah, who had a three yeah. hit game to bring his batting average to 351. He is on a pace for only 39 strikeouts. His line drive rate is his highest ever. His hard contact rate is his highest ever. He's still not going to hit, probably not even going to have 15 home runs or stolen bases. So there's, particularly in roto leagues that limits the appeal but if he's going to be a guy who hits over 300 which certainly he looks like he is right now um then i think he's probably must start even in roto he he's i, I he he's already there i think in points leagues i mean he was the fourth best shortstop in points leagues last year and it looks like he's improved from there so i'm starting to come around to andrelton simmons as a fantasy asset too 
Simmons is sixth in points, fifth in roto right now. Yeah, I, the only thing I come back to with him is that he had a really like incredible stretch last year. And he finishes number four in points, as Scott mentioned, number 10 in roto at shortstop. He had a 76-game stretch with a 926 OPS. The rest of his season, which was uh, 70, which is 83, 82 games. So half the season. Half the season, 926 OPS. Half the season for Simmons, OPS under 600. Uh, that that concerns me, uh, I guess, Scott. Like, I get what you're saying. Must start right now for sure. Do you, do you worry about that, though, that it's just a hot streak? I worried that he could not finish. Well, I, I worried he couldn't finish that high in either of those formats again. Yes. Uh, but I do think the, the skill set of making a lot of contact, I, I think that is certainly legitimate. And if he just continues to improve, um, in those other ways, just, just a small amount, then that's going to play up at a weak position in a way that I think is going to make him must start. Angleton Simmons. Okay, would you rather have Simmons or Paul DeYoung? DeYoung. I would rather have Simmons. I feel like Paul DeYoung is a one-trick pony, which maybe offensively Simmons is too, but I don't know. The the trick of hitting a lot of home runs just doesn't really stand out in today's game. And question, how many games in a row has Odubel Herrera reached base? 39. Scott, do you have a guess? 39 is the correct answer. Oh, you know what? You're no fun, Chris Towers. But yes, 39 is the correct answer. Congratulations. Scott should have known. I didn't know. He was on the podcast yesterday when you mentioned it had been 38. I I wasn't paying attention. I listen. (laughs) (laughs) Even I had forgotten. I thought it was 39, but I had to confirm. Uh, All right. in the Oh, oh, wait, wait. Jose Barrios and Jay Happ. Dun, dun, dun. Are they done, done, done? No, that, that's that's an exaggeration. But are they sit, 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 Jose Barrios and Jay Happ? I mean, this is four starts in a row for Barrios of four-plus earned runs, a total of four strikeouts in his past three starts. That's combined, three starts, four strikeouts. Um, his swinging strike rate for the season is still above what it was last year. Uh I mean, the, the, the totality of his season still suggests he's taken a step forward this year. Maybe we shouldn't overreact to a four-star rough stretch. But at the same time, I wasn't totally buying him when he was at his best either. So, And so here's here's the one thing I want to point out is that the swing strike rate is up. Yes, it's still a little bit below average. Yep. But the the contact rate, the rate of contact on swings is identical to last year. So really what's happening is he's inducing more swings, um, which is improving the swinging strike rate, but because he he's not going to be a guy who limits contact at an extremely high level, I don't necessarily know if getting more swings is a good thing for him. So Jose Barrios we're talking about. Starter sit next week against St. Louis. I think the kind of stretch he's on right now, you said him if, if you can help it, I mean, in some deeper leagues, you may not have a choice. Uh, he's going like there. We're nowhere near like dropping for Rio no. to be clear, but uh, he's going to be a fine option. It's just, is he going to be the big top 20 breakout pitcher? We were hoping for or many were hoping for at the start of the season. Would you take Walker Bueller or Jose Barrios? Barrios. Barrios. Would you take but Walker like, 
Bueller or Jay Happ? Bueller. Um, that's not to say I would drop Happ. I I would hope I have somebody worse than Jay Happ to drop, but yeah, I would take Bueller over him. Happ pointed out it was interesting because you don't often see pitchers do this, um, but I think he rightly pointed out that. Uh, Things kind of snowballed on him in an unfair way yesterday. He had an inning where he gave up two ground balls and a walk and then a grand slam. Yeah. So First inning. that obviously skewed the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did say that. Uh, but he didn't really get that much better after that. That was the first inning. He gave up three more runs and two and a third after that. So yeah. just wasn't very good. It's two terrible starts in a row for Hap. He's at the Mets next week. And this was a guy who looked like he was making a huge jump. He's still... You know, strike the strikeout rate is still incredible, fifty six and mm-hmm. forty five innings, mm-hmm. but it has come back down to earth over the last two starts. At the Mets next week, starters sit Jay Happ. I mean, I lean towards sitting him too. I don't think it's a must. Like Dylan Bundy, there's no way you could possibly start Dylan Bundy. But uh, I I feel like the the um, we're not quite to the point where it's an absolute must. You sit Barrios or Happ yet. Okay. I'll just save my Jose Brios um, victory parade for a little later in the season. Oh, look at you! Wait, Who are, are you? you taking credit for Brios now? I thought I thought you were with me at the start of the season. And I was the I was the Jose Brios isn't that good guy from way back in oh, like okay. February. What is with you? <laughs> no, these I was days? there too. He was in my first bus column. You, What's that? You beating your chest about Joey Gallo the other day? Uh, he, Chris, someone else. Chris what really I, likes to sing his own praise. Here, here's what Does I realized. Does he? Because like, this is this not the Chris Towers I know. This job is so much easier when you don't actually have to do rankings and ah, you can just ah, identify ah. a handful of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. like, it, it's really... A, a, you just have your causes you get behind. Yeah, and, you and, and it's just... Ride it's, the wave. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. Yeah, like, like me. I, I was right about Johnny Cueto being bad. I was right about Carlos Santana taking forever to heat up. I was right about Odubel Herrera not being that good. I was right when I called Angels and Simmons a sell high. I should not talk anymore. What's next on the show, guys? You want to know something that I looked like? A couple things I looked like I was wrong about, and now I'm starting to look like I was right about again. One of them, Whit Merrifield, five stolen bases in his past four games. He's suddenly on pace for more steals than he had last year when for – you know, the first several weeks, it was like, why isn't Whit Merrifield running at all? So my premier steel source in so many drafts is finally coming through. The other, Scooter Jeanette, has yeah. homered in three straight games. Yeah. We were like, what happened to Scooter Jeanette's power? You look at his batted ball profile this year, it's basically exactly the same mm-hmm. as last year, with one exception. He's hitting the ball even harder than he did a Scott. year ago. We're talking about things I was right about. <laughs> please, I'm just saying. Please respect the segment. I th- I think I know what was wrong with Scooter Jeanette. He was dealing with a shoulder injury for Possibly. since spring training, and they Possibly. sat him down for a few days, and he's come back gangbusters. I'd say. So gangbusters. Yeah, good stuff. I hope I hope you didn't drop Scooter Jeanette. If you did, you could probably pick it back up. I think it's worth doing. He's still pretty young. I think he's like 88 percent owned or something. So. Let's uh let's talk about draft real quick, guys. Oh oh we got an email about draft actually. Pretty cool. Let me see if I can uh find it. Oh, it's from Matt. Matt says, I've been using the draft app for a month now and I have to say it is absolutely the best. I get to enjoy the anticipation and excitement of drafting new teams each night. Draft is definitely the best DFS option for me because of my love of fantasy baseball. That sounds like a testimonial that Draft would have given me to read, but I swear that is a legit email that came in our inbox this morning or last night. And I agree. I love Draft. 
Uh, I, I play all the time, as you know. You can play for $1 and up. You can play in big contests or smaller contests. You can play one-on-one against your friends. And you can follow me just by entering our promo code FBTODAY when you make your first deposit on draft. Or you can look me up, Big Kane too. FB today, you'll see me post drafts. You can compete against me, but FB today is that code. It's going to get you free entry into a real money baseball draft on the draft app. And again, it's not like the other sites. You get to do snake drafts, the best part of fantasy. Play all the time. It's really fun. PGA, MLB, NBA, NFL, there's a bunch of st- NHL, bunch of stuff on the draft app. You are going to love it. Search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and the promo code is F. B today. FB today. Bullpen. I don't know that there's anything too significant here. Luis Gohara got a three inning save. Brad Ziegler was bad in a non save situation. He hadn't pitched in four days. He's not good. Jeremy <laughs> <Drew> Jeffress. <laughs> yeah, like, I was going to say Drew Steckenrider was worse, and that was the guy who was looking yeah. like, wow, the Marlins have this dominant reliever. Yeah. Well, he still um, might be. He just had one bad day. Yeah. Well, bad day that inflated his ERA to four. Yep. Second writer. Uh, Jeremy Jeffress, Jim Johnson, both got saves instead of Corey Knable and Keenan Middleton. But did you interpret that as just threat? they're fresh off the DL, we're easing them back in? I certainly saw that for Knable, um, Craig Council, without firmly saying he's going to be our closer again, said, you know, basically in, in as many words said, uh, Said that was the case. So yeah, that's that's going to happen. I, I would assume it's the same for Middleton. I didn't see anything from Sosha. Sosha never seems to comment on the closer role, right? He's kind of like to closers what um, Mike Shanahan was to running backs. But <laughs> it was his uh, first. But, yeah, I still think I, I can't imagine Jim Johnson is somebody they're going to want to rely on their long term. Okay, yeah, it was his first appearance for Middleton off the DL. Uh, Bud Norris, sixty-eight percent owned, got a save. His eighth save. Amazing year for him. Uh, Greg Holland is 56% owned, and he has gone scoreless in his last three appearances. One hit, two walks, one strikeout. It doesn't look like Holland is completely back, but he is making some progress. But still, I mean, you know, Bud Norris at 68% owned, while he's the closer, should probably be owned in more leagues than that, I would think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that That reminds me. There was something you guys mentioned, I think, yesterday about Alex Reyes potentially – Working into that closer's uh, situation as he returns, it does sound like he's going to be starting uh, by the end of May for the St. Louis Cardinals. There were a couple of uh, reports yesterday about that. Okay, who was reporting that? Because that I don't know how they could possibly know that. Like they haven't been able to fit Flaherty in. Who who are who are they going to kick out to make room for Reyes? I, I would have to check who it was who specifically reported it. Okay. So, guys, we are not making good time here to get to the Dynasty talk, but that's fine. It's, not, it's my fault, not yours. So let me fly through the news and notes. David Price is going to start at Toronto on Saturday. Start or sit, David Price? I would rather play it safe and sit him. Won't always have that option, I'm sure, but that's my hope. And Johnny Cueto's on the 60-day DL, so the latest he can come back is late June. Adam Eaton, it's probably going to be even longer than that. He's got a tear in his ankle. He's out indefinitely. How droppable is Adam Eaton? Oh, not at all. I, I actually feel good about this after reading more about it last oh, really? night. Yeah, I mean, because now they know what the problem is was, and the problem has been resolved. So now it's just a matter of he'll he'll be immobilized for a week, then he'll be in a walking boot, and then he'll rehabilitate and come back. 
But they um, said like he might come back this season. Well, that that was yeah. People overreacted to that. It, it's since been confirmed that the Nationals expect him back this season, and I I would guess it's closer to like a four to six week timetable than, um, you know, we'll see him after the All Star break. Okay, all right. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for the, not going to bring Brooklyn Nine Nine back, but that does something, Scott. I appreciate that. Matt Harvey's going to start against the Dodgers. I think today he'll be on a pitch count, whatever. Cincinnati sent Brandon Finnegan to the minors. Madison Bumgarner is going to start throwing off a mound next week. Greg Bird began a rehab assignment. Uh, is that somebody that you think uh, should be added? I, I love Greg Bird, as you know. I don't know that he should be an everyday player at this point just because of the injury history, but he's 61% owned. What do you think about Bird? Uh, I actually wrote about Eaton in the, a, a new Top 30 DL Stashes piece. On the website, and in it, I also moved Greg Bird up uh, to the point he's close to the top twenty. Now, there's there's still a lot of upside there, especially in that lineup. I agree, they'll probably ease him back in, but if he um, has one of those stretches that he's had in the past, you know, it'll, it'll be. It, I don't think it'll take much for him to become an everyday player again, and um, there's a good chance he's a must start within, you know, a month or so. Mm-hmm. So I would. Certainly in like the standard Roto League where you have a lot of hitter spots to fill, he needs to be owned. Greg Bird. Justin Turner and Logan Forsyth will begin a rehab assignment this weekend. Matt Weeders left with a leg injury. Miguel Sano could be back next week. Carlos Martinez is probably only going to miss one start with a strained lat. D. Gordon should be back today from a foot injury. Darren O'Day could be back when first eligible. Evan Longoria said the best decision for Tampa Bay could be moving the team. And Evan, I'm sorry to say it, Tampa Bay fans, I agree. Just... Yeah. Jung Ho Gong has started facing live pitching. Whit Merrifield is outfield eligible, and Chris Bryant is outfield eligible. Some hitting notes. Didi Gregorius is 0 for 21 with two walks, two strikeouts in his last five games. Only two strikeouts, that's encouraging. He'll snap out of it. Mitch Moreland started again with Jackie Bradley Jr. sitting. Just saying. Uh, and he started against a lefty too. Now, Bradley's also lefty, but. Uh, Ender Inciarte has 16 steals. He stole another base. Will he steal 40? I believe it's 11. No. <laughs> it is 16. Will Ender Inciarte steal 40 bases? He's on pace for 72 right now. <laughs> um, no, he's not going to steal 40 he, he bases, steal probably. 40 bases. I, it's, uh, do I want to bet on that like, today? How, how the hell could we know, right? Like, right. isn't that the answer? Like, I, I know you're looking for better. Uh, no, this, this is like, certainly possible. His career high is 22 or 23. You know what we do for a living, right? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, he's obviously going to zoom past his career high. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, the, the, you know, he's been caught twice. I don't know why he would stop running if, if the Braves have decided he needs to be running this much. Uh, he's batting. I, I, you know, we usually like, the guy batting at the top of the lineup, we, when a guy bats at the top of the lineup, we usually consider that the best case scenario for his fantasy outlook. But I actually think for his steals potential, where the, what the Braves have been doing with Ender and Ciarte recently, which is either bat him like sixth or seventh behind the big boppers or sometimes even ninth, um, he doesn't, there's no fear of him running into an out with Albies, Acuna, and especially Freeman coming up. Which was the case when he was batting leadoff. So that he's in, he's in a spot where they want him manufacturing. That's him batting ninth, only one fewer at bat every game. 
I, and yeah. I, I hope they don't bat him ninth. Ninth is terrible. Sixth I can deal with, but ninth is just bad all around. Billy I mean, Hamilton's if, batting if it, ninth. If it, if it means he gets more than 40 steals, though. I guess so. It's worth it. Yeah. Like, you'd rather him get 40 steals batting higher in the lineup. I get that. But. Like, someone's trying to sell him to me, and I just don't want to make a huge mistake and sell a guy who's going to stop running. But I, but even if like even if he's – okay, so Ender Inciarte coming into this year, if you, he just did what he normally does, is probably about the 30th best outfielder in Roto. And yeah, if so you get boring, more steals, but reliably competent fantasy asset. Right. And as Scott mentioned, Scooter Jeanette has homered in three straight games, and Justin Upton has four homers in his last five games. So, um, yeah, I was surprised. I was looking at the leaderboards yesterday. He's like the number twenty-five hitter or something. It's kind of crazy because I thought he was having a bad season. Upton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm sure he was way behind that five games ago. Four Probably. home runs will will do the trick. All right, so let's try a dynasty segment here. I'll put uh, I'll put three minutes on the clock, and then we'll get to uh, everything else from yesterday and week eight help. So I think Al- Albies, which by the way, it's Albies, isn't it? Not Albies. Yeah, that's going to take some retraining for me, but I think that's technically true. Albies and Acuna, to me, are are, are arguably the two most interesting players in, in dynasty leagues right now. Uh, what would you? How would you value them? Significantly. <laughs> uh probably have to consider them both top ten hitters in Dynasty. Oh, well, no, I don't know that I'd put that kind of blanket state. Like, it depends, obviously. I mean, we were talking like, about Albies as like a top 25 guy right. in redraft. I, I think hitter, hitter, not not total, not overall. Right, right. Hit so much of this conversation is going to depend on what exactly your keeper rules look like. Is everybody being kept on equal terms? No, I, I, so let me, is, so we can't, that'll take us off, that'll derail us, I think. So I think it's just sort of like, right. Long term. Well, I don't want to offer bad advice, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> that's but that, that's never stopped me before. <laughs> that's easy. If you have, if you have Ronald Acuna for like a last round pick or whatever, okay, that's, but I'm just saying, let's, we're starting a dynasty league today and we're drafting. Uh-huh. You know, do, have you seen enough from Albies and Acuna? It's been, 14 games for Acuna. Uh, no, they they want to go in my first round because most of the hitters we're already treating as first rounders are in their 20s. So it's not like you don't have a long term future with them, you know. Um, but is Jose Ramirez a top 10 guy in Dynasty now? It might be. Yeah, he might be. Um, yeah, I like. Oh, would you rather, like, like Acuna or second Ramirez? Or third, second or third round is probably what I think for Acuna or Albies. Oh, how about Jose Ramirez versus those two Braves? I would take Ramirez first because he's what twenty five. Jose he Ramirez is, is twenty five years old but, with seven months and twenty four days. But yeah. doesn't doesn't Acuna have the chance to be the number one pick in fantasy drafts? Or okay, as long right? As but you have to alive. gauge that versus <laughs> two. Like what? How in what way is Jose Ramirez going to? disappoint you like right now it seems like there's no way that could possibly happen jose ramirez is playing like a number one caliber pick yeah yeah right now he had 10 homers and five steals and a 283 but yeah he's i I mean last year he was he was a first round caliber hitter too so it's not like like we we'd lowered him to the second round because there was some skepticism as to whether or not it was all legit but it's looking like it was all legit so Mm -hmm. he's uh he's he's moved up all right i'm in. in that pecking order i'm in on that more walks and strikeouts this year for jose ramirez 
Uh, AJ Pollock has to be someone who's improved his stock in Dynasty as well. It looked like he was someone who uh, might be fading before this season, but he's retooled his swing, and uh, he's doing it in ways that, that make me think it's sustainable for the long term. Uh, he's now, 30. Yeah, he's older than I think a lot of people may realize because it took him to, like, age 26. And he's really become... only had one good season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, he's obviously up to stock. I don't know that I see it from like a dynasty perspective that he's, he's improved it more so in that format. Um, with dynasty leagues, I feel like you always have to talk about prospects. And right now there is no prospect whose star is rising faster than Juan Soto, 19 year old in the nationals organization who got 16 games at low class. A, moved up to high class. A, got 15 games there. And now all of a sudden he's at double a, Homered in his first game at Double A <laughs> yesterday, um, just looks like a, a player with ridiculous hitting ability. More walks than strikeouts. Uh, missed a lot of last year with an injury, but the plate discipline and all the numbers were great then too. What's his name, Scott? Juan Soto. Juan Soto. I can remember that. Yeah, he uh, like I'm the way he's moving up the ladder. Like I'm not sure it's crazy to think he. Could make it all the way to the majors this year. Like I don't think it's we, crazy we, to think he could make it all the majors by July. Like Acuna, we talk about how rapid his ascent was in the minors last year. It's like Soto's moving even faster than that. He is hitting 388 with. God, are these numbers correct? Does he have 13 home runs in 32 games? That's that one. It surprised me. Juan with Soto. 26 walks, 21 strikeouts, he is having. I'm gonna wrap it up. Uh, that is good to know, Juan Soto. Two uh, two more things. D. Gordon is going to be second base eligible for the final time. Uh, well, you never know what the future holds, but he's an outfielder right now, and next year he'll be an outfielder. So keep that in mind. He is currently the number 23 outfielder in points, number 11 outfielder in Roto, and he's basically D. Gordon right now. He's got a 340 batting average with 15 steals and one home run. He just He's not going to stack up with the other outfielders. Uh, in fact, I wonder, would you rather have Starling Marte or D. Gordon in a, in a dynasty league? I would rather have Starling Marte. Yeah. Plus he's younger. And Gary Sanchez, you know, like there's no, I, I love Gary Sanchez, an amazing hitter. His defense has been so bad this year. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just awful. He cannot block a ball. I, I don't see how they move him off of catcher, but I, like I just wonder if catching is, if he's gonna be catching in three years. I just three years is a really like two years really even two years because even if he's not catching in two years, he still has eligibility a catcher for three years. Like you'll have eligibility, yeah, all right, beyond that's... whatever. Like he'll still have eligibility the year he stops catching. Yeah, and so that's such a long time that like I will worry about it when it happens. Right, and even if it does, Gary Sanchez might be a top twenty-five hitter as a first baseman. Yeah, I mean, it clearly didn't ruin Carlos Santana's value making a similar move. Uh, Sanchez is such an outlier catcher that, like, he's, for dynasty purposes, he might be the only catcher I value. Yeah. Well, just because well, Contreras, there's a nah, risk every Contreras. catcher has to move right. off, I mean, off catcher. I'm thinking about it. Wilson Contreras, I would still value in that format. And Mejia. Uh, maybe JT Romuto, who's not that young himself, actually. But otherwise, what about like, Mejia? they're all very replaceable. 
Scott. Uh, yeah, Francisco Mejia, if you want to get into prospects. Yeah. He's off to an awful start in the minors this year, but the track record I, speaks for itself. Although he may end up playing a different position. It's possible. Okay, so we that was our Dynasty segment. First time this year. We'll try to do more of that. Uh, people want it, so we will we will give it. I had some really fun segments queued up, but we're going to have to sort of rearrange them. Um, one of them was, hey, uh, you know who's been kind of awesome? And two people in there were Angelton Simmons, and we talked about it. The other is Tommy Pham. I mean, at this point, is there anything to doubt about Tommy Pham other than his vision issues might pop up again? Injuries. I mean, he's had a very, very long history of injuries. But as as far as the skill set, no, not really. Yeah, Tommy Pham. Another one for me. <laughs> yes, Scott White. I don't know. I don't, I don't do the toot my own horn very well, so maybe I should that was stop great. that. That was great. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, you know who's been kind of okay? Max Kepler. He he does that. He's not had a twenty fantasy point week yet. He's played enough games where he's a fortieth outfielder in points, forty second in roto. I can't quite just blame it on the rainouts at this point, Max Kepler. But forty eight percent owned. Seems a little low for Kepler. Scott, this is a guy you talked about as a potential, you know, sneaky breakout, Max Kepler. Yep. He's been, he's been, oh, okay. no, I love him. I love him. Um, what he's doing in terms of plate discipline, strikeout rate, uh, and still hitting for power. Like he's, he's combined the best of his minor league career with the best of his major league career so far. And one thing that I happened to notice yesterday, he's on pace for 69 RBI, 79 runs scored in ah. a lineup that we think is pretty good, right? The Twins. Uh, I, I feel like, I remember Eric Hosmer had a start to the season like this once, and, and then the, the runs and RBI totals ended up being fine. Like, he's definitely behind pace in those two areas, and if just those correct, I think you're talking about, um, potentially a must-start player. Okay. It's gonna depend entirely on whether he can sustain his early season gains against lefties, cause he's always been able to hit righties, um, but he was the worst hitter in baseball against lefties in 2016 and 2017 combined, and it wasn't particularly close. Uh, he's off to a good start. He has two two home runs against lefties, but it's like 29 plate appearances, I think, so it's way too early to say. Um, not, just, not just two home runs. He's batting uh, 357 yeah. against lefties. Okay, it's good stuff. I, the runs in RBS, because I was like, how is he only 40th in points and, and, and 42nd in Roto? The runs in RBIs would help explain it. Yeah, let's check, let's see if he can still, uh, keep this up against lefties. He's actually struggled a little bit against righties, so maybe that'll, a little bit, that'll, that'll come around. Max Kepler. Uh, hey, uh, you know who's been kind of bad? Actually, I shouldn't say bad, but bad for fantasy in points leagues? Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber, 96% owned, 73% started in points leagues. He's got good numbers. He doesn't play enough. I don't know that he should be 96% owned. I, I think he might be just a roto guy, actually. Yeah. I, I think, think so. like, even if he gets a day off or two every week, I think he can still be valuable in, in roto because of the improvements he's shown in his batting average skills, the plate discipline numbers, especially, but the fact that he's hitting the ball really hard still. But points, volume matters a lot more. Chris, since the two of us have harped on Nomar Mazzara for his fly ball rate, I, I think I need to point out Kyle Schwarber's is having that same issue this year, only 25% fly balls. Now, he has higher rates in his past, but um, obviously that needs to change for him to sustain his current home run pace. Yeah, although he is a 25% home run to fly ball rate guy for his career. Uh, no more Marzara is like 15%. Yeah. So that's, that's a difference for me. Sure. And 
uh, let's save Christian Yelich. Let's see what he does over the weekend. Christian Yelich. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, and, and he has a 49.4% hard contact rate. That is by far his best, uh, of his career. So I, th- there was one other. Oh, and Merrifield. Merrifield has a high hard contact rate that's 44.1%. Yeah, Yelich, I think I'm going to put out some offers for Yelich. It's going to come around quickly and he hasn't even been that bad. Uh, so, right? We all feel good about Yelich. Yep. Yep. I haven't moved him in my rankings since the start of the year. I don't know that I'm going to get. It. I, I don't know that anybody's the, all that worried, but I've seen a few. Hey, what's going on with Christian Yelich's? The breakout is not happening. I will say that it might. Like this this thing where like, oh, Christian Yelich is going to start hitting fly balls because he's not at Marlins Park anymore. That's clearly not. No, happening. but he is. Well, that wasn't my stand. Nine hundred. No, no, no that, was a, that was a thing that people <laughs> were saying. Just, just his home run production was already much higher on the road without changing yeah, yeah, his fly yeah. ball rate. Right. Right. But there. There's a ceiling still. But he's got a 900 OPS at home. So, you know, and, and he's only got uh, three home runs on the year. Yeah, which also missed some time. When, uh, I think it was on the DL, right? He played 26 yeah. games. So I'll be looking at Yelich. All right, I think we got to get to two-star pitchers now. Here we go. Two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week 8. All right, Patrick Corbin. we got to start him. Yeah, forget that. Miles <laughs> um, Michaelis is so good, by the way. Uh, he had his third walk yesterday. I don't know. Can I ask you though? I, I don't think that there's any other pitcher really, unless it was like an extreme ground ball guy like Keuchel, where you'd feel super confident in someone who had 35 strikeouts in 46 and two thirds, even yeah. without walk, even without the walks. You know, like what do you? And think? I think there there is a point of diminishing returns, like when it comes to walk rate, you have to be willing to walk people. Like remember. Yes. Like Ricky Nolasco is a really good example. Carlos Silva is probably the most extreme example of someone who had one really, really good season while never walking anyone. Yeah, Carlos Silva also had like 4K per nine. Taiwan right, Walker, Mar- though? Ty- Michael Walker? Is, relative to the league, what he's doing right now is not terribly impressive. Um, I'm not saying he's bad. I just weirdly would – and I, I actually kind of feel this way about Jose Barrios. I would feel better about him if he was walking more people. Because I just don't buy the ability to consistently induce weak contact while pitching in the zone that often. Okay. So, back to the two-star pitchers. Obviously, you're starting Miles Michaelis. was not the debate. Yep. Um, Sean Manaya, yeah, yeah, at Boston, at Toronto, we're still going to start him. Okay, mm-hmm. let me stop asking stupid questions. Mike Fultonevich, Cubs and Marlins at home. Got to start him. Yeah, probably. Two-star week with a Marlins start in there. Absolutely. The one above him, Lucchese, versus Colorado. That's Colorado on the road at Pittsburgh. Like, that's a good, that's, yeah. you should probably start him. Yeah. Colorado's a good matchup on the road. How about Tyler Chatwood with two road starts at Atlanta and at Cincinnati? Yeah, I don't, amazingly, he has a 212 ERA. His walk rate. I don't think that number is accurate. That's in his, <laughs> his last, that's his rate. last three starts. Oh, last three starts. I did an atom there. <laughs> um, his walk, like he has 27 walks to 32 strikeouts. I don't. I, no. The Reds aren't a bad ma- or aren't aren't a good matchup. Aren't a no. Aren't a bad matchup. But a guy who puts that many guys on base pitching in a band box with a bad matchup against Atlanta before that. No. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want. I Tyler Chat was a sell high for me. At one point last night, I believe Eduardo Rodriguez had 35 strikes and 35 balls through 70 pitches. Uh, I know it was at least 36, 35 through 71. And he has Oakland and Baltimore at home next week. Starter said Eduardo Rodriguez. I 
like those matchups for him. And I like how, like, his strikeout rate is pretty absurd. I think uh, after what he did against the Yankees yesterday, definitely got to start him. Eh, Yankees suck. Jake Faria. <laughs> J- Jake Faria at Kansas City and at the Angels. 71% owned. Yep. Yeah, probably. And Lucchese we like. Trevor Williams, White Sox and Padres. Gotta love those matchups. That's that's the scenario where you start Trevor yeah, he, Williams. He is sure. way overowned. I don't know why this guy is seventy six percent owned, <laughs> right. but he should be seventy six percent owned for the upcoming week. <laughs> yep. But he, and did, then drop. he did struggle at the White Sox two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we don't care. All right, Trevor Williams, you're in. Uh, would you rather have Williams or Faria next week? Faria. He's a better pitcher. And yeah, I think I that mean, still matters more than. Right. I'd rather roster Faria. If I'm choosing between them, I'd probably start Williams, but you need to start both. How many of these guys would you start? Odorizzi, Ronaldo Lopez, Liriano, Chris Stratton. Odorizzi, Ronaldo Lopez, Liriano, Chris Stratton. I, um, I, I think Ronaldo Lopez (laughs) has kind of turned into a pumpkin again. Yeah, well, I mean, the, his last start was good, but there's... No, the results as far as ERA have been not terrible lately, but right. the the things that we saw early in the season that were promising, the fact that he was throwing a new cur- curveball, uh, the fact that he was getting more swing strikes, the fact that he was getting strikeouts, those have kind of yep. disappeared. Yep. Um, so I think Odorizzi is the one of those I'd be most likely to start in a points league especially. Like, he's just a serviceable pitcher who's going to give you a quality starter close to it. Liriano in a head-to-head points league, he's a two-start spark. Yes, you should start. As is Mike Miner. So the next group, Pavetta, Mike Miner, Ty Block, Tyler Anderson. We like three of those four, right? Pavetta, Miner, and Anderson? Yeah, I like this group more than the last one. I don't know if something changed, because I don't have Anderson. I didn't have Anderson my two-start sleepers video I'm going to shoot. I don't know if something changed since last night. But he's, yeah, at San Diego, at San Francisco, Chris rightly pointed out, that's a really good sleeper. Only 42% owned. And Ty Block doesn't have terrible matchups either. Versus Cincinnati versus Colorado. That's not a terrible one if you need him for a head-to-head points league. This is a, this is a, and it's cyclical, obviously, but this is a better two-start streamers week yeah. than we've had in Definitely. a while. Yep. Definitely. And Tyler Malley. I mean, we... Tyler Malley, uh, we said is startable at San Francisco, Chicago, Cubs at home. Uh, Junior Guerra, Mike Leak. Yeah, this is actually like a lot better than usual. Mike Leak has two home starts. Now his last two home starts were against Houston and the Angels and they weren't very good. But before that, he had really good numbers at Safeco. It probably still does since the trade last year. So Leak with the Rangers and the Tigers at home. Starter sit. Are the Rangers a better matchup for a pitcher than the Tigers now? I don't think so. I mean, I feel like the Rangers are getting – well, first of all, no Miggy. Yeah. The Shields is there. You know, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I, I think Leak is fine in a points league as yeah, a two-start option he's there. he's fine. Yeah, I think you'll have a – with all these other options, I think it'll – you'll have a hard time uh, fitting him in. But Okay. But he's, he's fine. Anyone in the deeper formats? So, like, here's the – I, I'm intrigued by Andrew Heaney, but he's got Houston on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then yeah. Tampa Bay. I'm gonna look it up, but I think they're at least top five in OPS against lefties. I don't buy it, but it. You know, I think that's true. Daniel Mengden is somebody who I can get interested in in a two-start week, but at Boston, at Toronto. I mean, Blue Jays lineup isn't great, but Toronto's a tough place to pitch. I don't think Mengden's in the cards this week. 
I'm a dirty liar. The Rays are sixth with OPS against lefties. They were second before Sean Newcomb destroyed them. So anyway, uh, Andrew Heaney, starter sit, two starts, Houston and Tampa Bay. No. Sit. All right. All right, then. Um, I think we're done. I think we are done here. I will take a look at the scoreboard for tonight and see if there are any questionable ones. I'm sure there are. Matt Harvey is not going to be started tonight. Let me kill time as we finish up. Here we go. Tyler Chatwood against the White. See, how is Tyler Chatwood pitching today and also a two-star pitcher? Something's got to be wrong there. He's probably not a two-star pitcher next week. Um, If Chatwood yep. is pitching well, today. Faria, you know what? Faria is not a two-star pitcher either. I, I noticed uh, this last night. Um, There's a doubleheader happening this weekend with the Rays. I'm not sure the White Sox are part of it. But, yeah, Faria is not among the two-start options. And Chatwood isn't either. Farias, though, is is an interesting starter sit tonight. He's yes. What do you think? I might sit him at Baltimore. Uh, I mean, who was it that Baltimore went off on yesterday? Ian in a Kennedy. Surprising way. Who was it? Ian Kennedy. Yeah, well, uh, Faria is better than Kennedy. I'd start Faria. He struggled at Baltimore last time. I I don't trust him in small parks. You start him. I would. He's been on a nice run, and I get what you're saying, but I I think it's a worthy gamble. I think yesterday was the Kennedy day. They they won two in a row. The Orioles. Be careful out there. Okay. <laughs> um. Jamison Tyone, Andrew Suarez. I'll start Tyone. Steven Matz, Jake Arietta. Just so you know, we are like super out of time, so this is gonna be the okay. quickest. Okay. Arietta. Okay. Arietta. Uh. Sonny Gray against the A's. Yep. Aaron Sanchez against the Red Sox. Nope. Matt Boyd against the Mariners. Nope. Marco Gonzalez at Detroit. Yeah. Brandon McCarthy or Dan Straley. I could roll the dice on McCarthy if I really wanted an extra start. Uh, Cole Hamels at the Astros. Yeah, I. I mean, obviously a terrible matchup, but Hamels has been good enough that I think I'd run him out with. Any matchup in a daily league. Matt Cook against the Nationals. No. Lance Lynn, Tyler Skaggs. Skaggs, sure. Luke Weaver at Eric Lauer. Against the Padres, I'll gamble on Luke Weaver. Matt Harvey at Kenta Maeda. Maeda's fine. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you Monday. Wait. I just, you said we were out of time, and so I just wanted to. He's being yeah, annoying. I just wanted to drag it out a little longer. Bye, everybody. I just like talking to you guys.